0: that sound was guys we haven't had a sip of wine yet it's a problem i know it's actually kind of (laughs) weird
1: this is bad (laughs) so
0: for the first half of this episode we not no for the first half of this episode yeah for the first the what five seconds we were drinking tea for the last episode, we were drinking tea, and then we were like, oh, we should chill the wine, so the wine is chilling right now, and we're waiting for Shake Shack to get here.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never had Shake Shack. Excited. Oh, it's so
0: good. Shake Shack sponsor us. So, we haven't had any wine. We're
1: going to have wine afterwards to well, celebrate. we'll have some
0: wine during this, probably. You know, we're going to ramble for about ten minutes and be like, let's do. get our go-go Let's get, juice. get our wine. That's right. Oh, by the way, this is Basic Snitches. We also didn't really introduce ourselves in the last episode. That's
1: Adam. He was also in the last episode, if you listened to that.
0: And Tara is new to the Basic Snitches Some experience. other bitch who
1: sounds like me was in the That's last That's right. That was me altering my voice. Your Tara accent is very good.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just am like, I sit down and I center myself and I'm like, what does a potato sound like? And it sounds like that. (laughs) And this is actually my last episode, guys. In the future, it's just gonna be Tara, and she's gonna do the same thing and be like, what does a squid sound like? (laughs)
1: Like that. That's
0: right. It's me, your squid bitch. (laughs) This is the basic snitches.
1: Hi. We are still in the part of book four where we don't want to cry every five minutes. We're having yeah. A good old time.
0: It's like difference from life, which is when we do want to cry every few minutes. So this is like an escape.
1: Basically.
0: Even though we're still at the Dursleys.
1: Until we get back to like three chapters from now. And we're right. like, oh, sadness.
0: No. Remember when I was like reading you for like pulling the string out of your back and you're like, I love red blends. That's right. That is something I say like every five. Oh, yeah. Seconds. Also,
1: you forgot fuck that guy, which is something I say Oh, all the time. you're
0: so right. Fuck that guy is another one of your phrases. <laughs> you are so
1: right. <laughs> another one of your phrases. Yeah, it is
0: probably one of my other ones.
1: We are. And awesome. that's
0: true is another one of my phrases. Yep.
1: Welcome to Us Being Predictable. That's actually the next episode is just gonna be us saying all of our catch lines. Catch phrases? Catch mine. I haven't had wine. Catch This lines. is a problem. Catch phrases. It's just gonna be a bunch of that shit. Hope you're ready.
0: Today we are discussing Back to the Burrow.
1: That's right, before we do that. like to share the winner and loser of the last Denied. chapter. Denied.
0: <laughs> I would like to share. This is not like you asking me a question. This is you like making a proposal.
1: I'm doing it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Um. So this was actually a really hard chapter because there's a, it could go a lot of ways, but I think this is the correct answer. The winners of chapter three are the Weasleys. Cool. All the Weasleys are great. That is nice. Yes. The loser is obviously Vernon.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say all the Dursleys.
1: Um, no, I'm gonna just give the loss to Vernon because we see him being a dick more than Petunia. Yeah,
0: and Dudley's I mean, just and there.
1: And, and, the, and the, Dudley doesn't earn a loss yeah. at all. Like, if Vernon and Petunia share the loss, fine, but I don't think Dudley earned it. Vernon so. and
0: Petunia are like, you should give the loss to Dudley because he needs a loss because he's a big chunkers.
1: That makes me feel sad for Dudley, and I don't like feeling that way. Yeah. You wrote me a thing.
0: I sure did. Remember my last thing, how it was short? Yeah.
1: Where we're back in business. <laughs> Chapter 4, Back to the Burrow. Hi there! Are you an idiot that buys a house with a charming wood-burning fireplace, but instead of cherishing that amazing functional focal point that adds plenty of value to your home, you choose to board it up and plug in one of those cheap, ugly, fake coal lamp things that isn't fooling anyone? Well, you shouldn't do that. Because that's so fucking stupid. Here's why. Harry and the Dursleys are waiting for the Weasleys to arrive with bated breath. As the day goes on, everything gets more and more tense. Vernon can't function, he just stares at the newspaper pretending to read it. But let's be honest there. That's what he always does because that inbred douche Rocket doesn't know how to read. Petunia scuttles around the house, obsessive compulsively tidying up not because she wants to impress the Weasleys, but because she refused to go to therapy because she doesn't believe in science. And Dudley is holding his own ass, but we can't tell if it's because he has an underdeveloped brain from never getting vaccines, or because he's near shitting himself because all he had to eat today was cottage cheese and grated celery. (laughs) When they're late, the mug fucks have a tantrum because they really cared that much, when all of a sudden they scurry into the kitchen like lemmings because they hear voices behind the fireplace. I don't know what the big deal is, they hear voices the rest of the time, why is this time any different? It's Arthur, Ron, and the twin. They hooked the Dursley's fireplace up to the flu network. But unfortunately, you guessed it, The Dursleys boarded up their perfectly good fireplace. So, Arthur blasts apart the tacky façade, which is the name of the second-hand storm Adam runs, it's right next to the knobby bush, or whatever the fuck Terra's daycare was called. You'd think that Mount Vesuvius would have erupted because the mugfucks are covered in dust and are completely petrified. Too bad they aren't dead too. The twins go to get Harry's trunk, Arthur and Ron are polite and cordial. But the Dursleys don't respond because apparently whatever was left of their lobotomies have leaked out of their ears. On the way back, Fred drops some candy on the floor. Fred, George, and Ron all vanish back into the fireplace with Harry's trunk. And as Harry is about to vanish too, Arthur chastises Vernon for not saying goodbye to his neck. And because Vernon's spine is about as thin and fragile as Skinny Dick's dick, he wishes Harry goodbye. But then all hell breaks loose because Dudley is like a dog and would eat his own shit off the floor. One better, he eats the toffee that Fred dropped and his tongue turns into a big purple misshapen mess. Which, Petunia mistakes for Vernon's dick, and they try to pull it out of Dudley's mouth. Harry vanishes into the fireplace, back to the burrow, leaving Arthur to sort it all out. So let's be a lesson. Vaccinate your children, go to therapy, vote blue, don't be a selfish cock goblin, and for the love of God, if you have a fireplace in your home, don't cover it up, you idiot. Very nice. I was very happy with that. I hope that I did it justice. I think you
0: did. This was a great chapter for insulting the (laughs) Dursleys.
1: It is also a great chapter to kind of see a little bit of why they're afraid of magic.
0: (laughs) I guess so, but it also shows like how they're all talk and no substance. It opens up with like it literally says something along the lines of you could cut the tension with a knife. Mm -hmm. There's this essence of excitement and anticipation, but also just like anxiety. Vernon is unable to even like focus on the newspaper. because He's so caught up in his fucking head. Petunia's going around fluffing up pillows and everything. And then they're like a hair late and then they are like oh well of course they're late. They wanted to stay for dinner where they're not going to get it. They're just talking shit. Then they hear the voices and they can't say a fucking word. It just shows like how they're going to be the first one to talk shit but when they're like actually presented with this thing that scares them so much they can't even function.
1: It is crazy. Now in retrospect I will say that I think Dudley has every reason to feel uncomfortable and scared. Yeah. And I think that this chapter just made it worse for him. Dudley is a bully. He still doesn't deserve to maybe feel like he's choking to death.
0: (laughs) Yes. It makes sense that he is holding his asshole all night even (laughs) though it seems like he is like near shitting himself. Which is comical. Yes. But like it makes sense that he's like well the last time this happened I got a pigtail. Right. At least there is some sort of reasoning behind why he's acting that way. But then at the end it's like have you no willpower? No.
1: He is zero willpower
0: because it's like you're so worried and you're thinking about what could go bad and since wizards are around and then you literally eat the thing that they dropped the one thing that you should not have done and like you know fred i think it was fred who dropped Mm -hmm.
1: it we did it on purpose
0: oh absolutely i mean
1: that's literally that's what they talk about i think in the next chapter dudley have some self-control i still feel so much more like anger toward petunia and vernon on that because if they hadn't raised him this way he maybe would have more of a brain because he's also been on this diet, which he wouldn't have had to be on this diet if they hadn't raised him a certain way in the first place. Right. Letting him get beyond this point where his school is forcing this diet on him. He's still a teenage kid and he's like, this is my opportunity. There's a, a thing and like his brain probably just goes gray and he's like there's candy and I want it you know because he's an idiot and because he doesn't have self control but also because he's been deprived of all of these things and there's been no one any other time prior to this summer going no Dudley you shouldn't have that I think that there's a case for and I think that it's in the sixth book that Dumbledore calls them out there's a case for Dudley being abused in a different way yeah the way that Dumbledore implies and this is actually kind of a little bit of a hint at it it's all inherited narrative that dudley has become this big fat kid you know or whatever and like it's all from harry's perspective but if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective Knowing what you've learned from Harry's perspective, uh, no one's really shocked at the kids this way. Yeah. It's interesting. The
0: cause and effect uh-huh. here is so upright. We do it all the time with other things that are a little bit more complex, but it really stems from the things that we learned in the last chapter about how they just make excuses for him. Oh, he's just big boned. hmm Oh, he's too bright and the teachers don't understand. That is typical like I talked about them being karens in the last. Which is funny because every single person that I know named Karen is, is amazing. a lovely person.
1: <laughs> and not an actual and Karen. And not like
0: a Karen. I mean, it's totally that whole thing of like, oh, the teacher doesn't know that I know more for my like little baby. Like, no. You trust the person who is put in th- this position. I was actually having a conversation with my boss about how expertise is dead to an extent. Mm -hmm. because people have access to the internet and they think that they can look anything up and they think that they can, you know, diagnose themselves or that they can...
1: (laughs) So relatable. they,
0: They know what's best for them because they have access to the internet. But then they won't actually like look up actual like best practices or get it from good news sources. So like as someone who works in marketing, like people think that <coughs> in the world of social media that they know like how it works. But there are so many like metrics and details that I look at, especially from advertising, mm-hmm. that play into what works best. It's not just like, oh, slap something up right. and call it a day. Timing and frequency and cost and And so many things that go into like the result. So in this case, it's the same thing of the Dursleys not trusting their teacher because they think they know better right uh, without having access to the internet you i know? mean
1: you know i work in healthcare and i work for a specialist the number of phone calls i'll get a day the patient calling and saying i need you to tell the doctor this and so i send the doctor a message and tell them their symptoms and blah, blah blah the doctor will respond and then their response will be well i read this really does he really think that's what i should do and i'm like i don't know do you want to listen to the doctor who's giving you advice or do you want to continue Googling your symptoms? It's hard. The information is there and your health is very important to you and you wanna understand things, but it's difficult. It's like you said, you have a source right here that can explain this to you, but you are choosing not to because you cannot let go of the control. I feel like of I'm the right person here. I have to be correct.
0: I think that there is the whole <clears throat> like the customer is always right. Mhm. No. The customer's almost always wrong, okay? Like, a store has policies. A doctor has expertise. Like, these people, like, go through education and training and everything so that they can be an expert in their field. You need to trust them. I know that we're, like, going off on this tangent from this one little thing of I mean, but that's trusting things. Yeah. But... It gives so much insight into the type of person that the dearestlies are because mm-hmm. they are gonna be, go and be the person nowadays to go out in public and complain about not being able to return something even though like a story's return policy is XYZ <coughs> or whatever it yeah. might be just because they want to always be right and not follow directions and do whatever Rules they don't
1: apply to them they think that they yep. have
0: rights but it's like just because you have rights doesn't mean that you can do whatever the fuck you you want.
1: Having right does not mean doing whatever the fuck you want. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because of that, you are putting your own child at risk for ignoring all of these things and thinking that you're doing the best thing for them by letting them get away with what they want. You are doing them a disservice in fact. It's almost like perhaps because you didn't put your impression upon Harry, Harry is almost the one that benefits from it, which it's that's not a thing that we want to put forward is that he's benefiting from abuse per se. But it's that perspective of them not imprinting their ignorance on Harry.
1: At the end of this series, I would love to do an episode on the characters with the most dynamic arc in the series. Obviously, Harry would need his own episode, but I think Dudley is there. Yeah. Dudley belongs in there. Dudley's character arc, while it's not major, It falls in the same lines of Percy Weasley has a dynamic character arc. Ron's is kind of dynamic. Neville's is probably the big one. And Draco. Like these are some really, really great things. And also... Guys, write us, tell us which dynamic character arcs you want to discuss in three years when we get there. Yeah. (laughs) But serious thinking about that just now, like, literally thinking about Dudley right now is the thing that inspired me.
0: It's so interesting to go chapter by chapter because that's where you see the nuances of each Mm -hmm. character, too. In both this chapter and the one that we did, it's good that we are exploring them at the same time because
1: this is our time with the Dursleys in this book
0: and this is what we get out of both of these chapters together you learn things in the last chapter which show the complete petrification of them in this chapter where they can't even like do anything yeah the only thing Vernon can do is step in front of Petunia because he thinks that they're going to charge it but like what makes you think that it's like complete ignorance of like it's the same thing of like oh you should learn how to speak English because you're in America that's not what America is honey like learn The history of your fucking country.
1: That being said, when the Weasleys get there, it is fucking disaster.
0: You know, it's so funny because whenever we talk about the Dursleys or Muggles in general, it's so crazy to think the people who are supposed to be normal are so tacky. Boarding up a fireplace like that is like putting carpet over beautiful hardwood and stuff, and I'm sure that's something that they did too. Probably. They have fake flowers on their table, and it's like they try to upkeep these appearances by like gilding the lily, if. you will Mm -hmm. gilding the lily I didn't even mean to go there but (laughs) (laughs) yeah they like go over the top in this way that is so like manufactured it ends up biting them in their ass and then the people who come into their house that they're judging are the ones who are genuine it's almost like they are breaking through this like fake facade to like bring Harry into the real world which is actually like based in magic the magic world is the real world I love that it's so backwards and weird but like even like the twins who you know are there to like cause trouble and pick on Dudley they come in and they are so polite and they're like we'll go get Harry's trunk and Ron they were raised with manners the way that Arthur even talked and just kind of explaining like oh my gosh like I never would have thought that this would happen we just connected you to the Flu Network for one night. Also, who in the Flu Network office is just like, oh, okay, sure. like, Right.
1: Uh, not, are there, like, like, is there a about, form
0: that he is? Can we
1: like, just... Why don't you go get Harry by side along operation, Arthur Weasley? Don't yeah. bring your children. Go to the house. Harry, bring your trunk downstairs. Let's fucking go. Yeah.
0: What about Portkey? Yeah. We see Make Portkey in like two literally
1: seconds. in the next couple chapters.
0: That would have been an interesting way to introduce the Portkey Because, I mean, maybe it is a little bit, like, more poetic to use it when Cedric's there because of what happens at the end of the book. But it would have been interesting to introduce it here, too, and, like, make it more of, like, a through line. There's
1: just so many different means of magical travel obviously this gives us the introduction into when we get into the chapter the wizard weases gives us this moment what I love is Arthur is trying to connect with Dudley and like he's actually concerned with the way Dudley's behaving he...
0: yeah not only that but the way that Vernon is behaving right
1: he calls him out and he's like don't you want to say goodbye to your nephew don't fuck with Arthur Weasley he wants people to be nice to each other Jesus Christ he's a nice person
0: well it's so funny again it's just showing like manners and everything and just like normal human behavior it, it's so interesting to see like how they behave versus the Dursley and I mean like we've known but in this moment too like he is so cordial and is so like apologetic and is like they can go back I will fix everything for you don't worry about it and then the littlest thing that is wrong in this moment is how they are treating Harry but it's not even them like doing their worst it's that they won't say goodbye
1: oh you're so handsome
0: (laughs) thank you (laughs) she was talking to one of my cats but also
1: Adam is very handsome. Oh, thank you.
0: It kind of has the same like poignancy to me as the prongs mm-hmm. moment. Like it's just the, the goodbye moment. It doesn't okay, it doesn't have the same poignancy because like the whole like prongs moment was so beautiful and this is like badass in a different way, but it pops out in this chapter as such a huge moment that is actually quite small in the scope of the chapter. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: I think it's really important to have Arthur see that. Having Arthur see that versus Molly see that is a completely different thing. Not because one of them would do it wrong, but just like Arthur is so easygoing. Exactly. And seeing him be like, um, what? aren't going to say goodbye to your nephew. Like, it's so foreign to him because he's from such a loving family. The Dursleys are so cold.
0: That's, like, a perfect example. And I think you're right. Like, had Molly been there, Molly would have been like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I think Molly, would, Molly probably would have gone for them a little harder. And I think Arthur is more in shock about it.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: it's not at all what he expected. And now he sees it.
0: I think also Arthur is a little bit lack of a better term, because I can't think of one right now because I haven't had my wine, naive. They're acting fucking weird. I yeah. mean, you did just blow apart there. Yeah, but and we'll
1: get to that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, let's get into it now. Like, well, if, if that would have happened to okay. me, first of all, I do not have a fireplace in my house. The two things I kind of wish that I had in my house is a back deck and a fireplace. If I were stupid enough to, like, board it up and someone were to break through that and, like, fuck up my house. So, let's say, like, somebody, like, drives a car into my house. Maybe that's the equivalent. I'd be like, what the fuck? And you know that they have that in there because they have, like, gotten... He, th- that bitch has turned purple for things far less. Why isn't he, like, getting fucking furious here? He's, like, scared of these people to that degree where he can't even, like, mm-hmm. get angry that his house is blown up. It's yeah. so weird. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying is that, like, the strange people, the wizards, are the ones who are, like, normal people. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of weird that the Dursleys are, first of all, like not even acknowledging that part and they care more about being scared of the Weasleys. But then on the mm-hmm. flip side too, Arthur is not acknowledging the way that they're acting as being weird until they see that Vernon is not saying goodbye to Harry yeah. when he's about to go into the fireplace. So it's this weird juxtaposition of mm-hmm. everyone is acting kind of out of character based on the like elephant in the
1: room. I definitely see that. I don't know, maybe, if someone had, like, destroyed my house and I really wasn't prepared for it. And yes, like, them boarding up their fireplace was fucking stupid. But whatever. If something else, Whistler Weasley had, had caused damage to their house, like, I get unease. But it's like you said, he's not like, you know how when Hagrid came in? And he was like, "I'm not gonna pay for some old guy to teach him magic tricks." And he's like, in Hagrid's face. Hagrid is much more intimidating than Mister Weasley. Yeah, I and guess then, that's the point. and I don't know if it's just because it was. I mean, this is kind of it's scary for stuff to just blow up. So, like, they were just in a situation that they could have been hurt. But at the same time, like, I have a really hard time extending the, like, sympathy toward them just because of how terrible they are to Harry. Obviously, Arthur can fix it. And they don't know that. And they're very unsure. And they're concerned. And they have no reason to trust this man who destroyed part of their house. I get it. But because of how terrible they are and because they don't react to the situation in a way that makes them feel human. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, Well, oh, this is kind of what you get.
0: Yeah. I think there's a couple reasons why the reaction to the Weasleys is different than Hagrid too. Because I kind of did think about that. At that point, they weren't <laughs> in their own house. And it wasn't like any damage had been done to them yet. So they yeah. weren't able to see the scope of what a wizard is able to do.
1: That's fair.
0: So it makes me almost wonder, because of how weird they were acting before the Weasleys even showed up, like just super OCD in Petunia's case and not able to like really focus on anything else for Vernon, if they had just like come in the front door, would they have been the same way? I kind of feel like it might have been like a blend of the two, but I can still see them being like very standoffish and be like, oh my gosh, we can't be around these people. Mm -hmm. But I think they may have given a little bit more sass simply because, like you said, it is kind of like a shocking thing to happen.
1: Yeah, and but, you don't
0: wish property damage on people, but, if they're shitties. At the same time, what happened in Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Man with the cake and Marge, that was also something that, where they could see like the scope of what a wizard could do, but it was hairy as well. Right. So I think in this case, it's like, oh, maybe they can do even more than we even thought was possible. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm not really interested in trying to reason with no. them.
1: Not until when Dudley becomes a victim of Fred joking around mm. is when I go, Yikes, I don't care how terrible you are. This is scary. Yeah. Because of what happens to Dudley. And at that point, I get why they're like not letting Arthur help them at all. And it's in the next chapter, I think he like says to Harry and Mrs. Weasley, like, took him forever to convince the Dursleys to fix all the things because he'd already damaged their house. I think after Harry left, he probably could have talked them into that faster. But then. Dudley.
0: Dudley had to go and do that. It's, to an extent, it's Dudley's fault. Oh, God, because, Yes, it like, is. like, not Dudley should have known better. He did know better. Yeah. Like, he was almost, like, prepared for it. Yeah. And then the smallest little thing happens and that goes out the window. Right.
1: I mean, it is a scary thing. So, like, I'm not 100% like, oh, they deserve it. Like, they don't deserve any of that. But I still have a hard time feeling bad about it.
0: I do want to point out what Petunia does too. She starts pulling on his tongue. Right. Which it goes back to what I was saying about knowing better. Like you literally have no idea what to do. But the first thing that you think about doing is pulling on his tongue. Mm. Even though it looks like this. What, that would not be my first inclination right. either. So like it's a lot of them having their guard up and being almost too prepared for this.
1: And then not knowing how to handle and it. And
0: then, well, yeah, and when it happens, that goes completely mm-hmm. out the window. I have constantly said about how they're always <laughs> about keeping up appearances. And it comes even more into the light in this chapter based on, you know, the whole car thing. Like, oh, Vernon really judges men by how large their cars are. Yeah. And then, like, he's wearing this suit to kind of show that he's powerful. He's trying to put on this facade, but then, like, when it comes down to actually dealing with stuff, they are just clueless. He steps in front of Petunia. She pulls on his tongue. While it's terrible stuff happening to terrible people, there's that extra layer of just mm-hmm. complete cluelessness that takes it over the edge for me.
1: To contrast with Arthur, Arthur comes in and he makes a mess, but he's so apologetic about it. He's 100% sincere, like, I, I want to fix this. I want to help. I want to do these things. There's no listening to reason. And instead of Vernon yelling at him, like, you better fix this, what makes sense to me, Mm -hmm. he starts throwing things at him. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I'm like, how do you expect to get things fixed? Yes, I get that you don't trust this man because he just did this stuff. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. What solution do you have? The throwing shit at him is not a solution. It's only
0: like breaking your stuff. Yeah,
1: yell at him some more and then be like, fix this.
0: He doesn't even know how to, like, communicate. No,
1: you're not that stupid to to think that that's going to make any difference.
0: I forgot about that because I was thinking, well, like, Dudley shouldn't have been so distracted by the candy. And no. then Petunia shouldn't have pulled on the tongue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Vernon is just kind of like reacting to the situation. But it's the same exact thing. It's going in the opposite direction of what's going to actually yeah. There's
1: help. a person there that can help you. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have not done a good job of making themselves seem trustworthy. But you don't have an answer. If you get in a car accident and someone rear-ends you, no, the person who rear-ends you can't fix your car. But they are responsible their insurance is responsible for yeah. taking care of that. So Arthur comes in and does the damage. It's not like you're gonna be like, okay, well he's he should leave now. You want to be like, I need the information on how you are going to take care of this thing that you caused. Yeah, that's no, exactly, we're just gonna fucking throw shit at you. That's exactly the next thing. And, we'll do. Yeah, it's people not using logic because they're so focused on themselves and separating themselves from this magic and this thing that they don't understand, and it's so gross.
0: In the moment, I think maybe that's the thing that they're trying to get the magic person out. But then when he's gone. And if he's willing to help you, what's the next thing that's going to happen? You're going to go to the doctor and they're going to see something that they've never seen before and be more suspicious of this than Mm -hmm. an envelope covered in stamps. Or you're gonna have to take care of like the damage to your house by yourself. Whatever it is. And also like we could
1: choke to death if you continue to wait. Right.
0: The keeping up the appearances thing in every way and trying to distance yourself from the magic is just making it worse. Which I mean, if we're kind of applying that to normal life, Like we said in the last episode, if you're trying to, like, maintain this level of not being comfortable and everything being fine and not, like... Acknowledging the negative parts of life, then you're living a lie. The hills and valleys are there so that you can appreciate the good more. Right. I mean, it's the same thing of in past podcasts we've talked about. There's magic all around us, and that magic comes in forms of like all of the good things. Them pushing away the good things in the magic, even though this is technically a bad thing. The comparison is still there because they're pushing away the help and the things that are going to enrich their lives. In this case it, make everything the better.
1: Profit- Yeah,
0: there's so much in this chapter that builds from the last one mm-hmm. that gives a lot of color to the situation and shows the type of people that the dristics yeah. are beyond just assholes. Right.
1: Also for real, like if I met a wizard, I would be like, listen, I don't want to take advantage of your ability, but what is it that you can do to help me maybe not have as shitty a life I do? That'd be a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Vernon be like, hey, while you're here, you know, this windowsill's got a crack in it. Yeah, like pay- take advantage. I was gonna it. pay like two thousand pounds to have them fix it, but do you think could do those like Come on. I like to think that sometimes Dudley considers asking Harry, but he never does because he holds on to that. That makes a
0: little bit more sense. (laughs) Like, despite them being able to take advantage of this opportunity, they just...
1: Not that you should take advantage of the people who can do magic or whatever, but just kind of like that just feels like it makes sense.
0: Did something happen with Petunia that was, like, overly traumatic? Because it makes me wonder, you know, she talks about them being freaks at the very beginning, and so there was this issue between the way that she views um. the magic world as a Whole. and of course like she lost a sister that's something else that comes up a little bit more prevalently in the future books but it makes me wonder like is there something where like Petunia and Lily's parents were so pro wizard that Tunia ended up being kind of like the hairy in the situation? And so I can't now,
1: imagine that flip. that's how that went
0: because like, like they're acting in such uh-huh. an anti wizard way beyond just being bigots because they become completely non-functional in this situation and it does make me wonder, like, was there something that Petunia experienced that causes her and then of course Vernon mm. to have such like an adverse reaction to this I mean,
1: world? In the seventh book, you learn about how Snape mistreats her. Mm-hmm. when they're kids as far as the magical world as a whole it was a whole thing with Toonies backstory and how she actually wanted to go to Hogwarts too and all of that I don't think that there was any sort of traumatic thing yeah. I really think that she just ended up with someone who could kind of like fulfill that part of her life where like she doesn't get to be a witch she doesn't get to have this life that she was jealous of her sister for but that's okay because she's with a person who like compliments her ordinariness and it just fits and they can yeah. like be terrible jackasses together. I
0: wonder if maybe what it could be, and I'm just fantasizing. I wonder if it's something where she tells Vernon about this and on top of having that complimentary ordinary thing that you mentioned he takes it there he takes it so vehemently in the other direction because and she can feel better about that then yeah exactly because then she feels like okay this is someone who appreciates me for who i am if you wanted to be so much a part of hogwarts you would have some more like empathy i think towards harry yeah instead of jealousy which she doesn't even seem to have that but then no, i
1: think she's so cold and so beyond what mm-hmm. she was as a child at the Going.
0: Yeah and then Nate also if someone mistreats you too like, like are you gonna I, that's right. I'm ah. biting her right now. I'm biting her.
1: Jesus
0: Mmm. your skin tastes so good. <laughs> Bentley, get the fuck out of here.
1: Bentley's <laughs> like, you are delicious. No, uh-huh. panther cat.
0: He's not a panther. Stop calling him that. He's I, a panther. I saw a TikTok where it was like, what black cats look like, and it was like all these fierce panthers, and it was like like really like passionate, badass music, and then it showed a picture of a black cat like with like wide eyes, and it was like very like softly doing like a claw motion, and it was
1: like
0: kind of music. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, get out of here.
1: (laughs) Okay. So anyway, this F is actually just about how terrible the jerseys are, even hey, wait, um, when wait. we want to give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: And like the Nate thing, like being mistreated is not enough by like one person. Although, you know, that's what some racists may, I mean, I don't necessarily know, but I can imagine like if one person has a negative experience from a group of people, then they might apply that to the entire group. But that's know? a
1: choice that they're making without being educated on things and being very close minded. Yeah. So that very Which, you know, well
0: could be a the part of it too. On top of that, the whole thing of Vernon taking it there further. I mean, you see Marge, so you can see that um, comparison and like how like Marge and Vernon were Mm -hmm. raised and that they're like this hostile.
1: Yeah, like it's clear that that's just who he
0: is. Yeah. Fuck Mary Kill? Okay, we kind of touched on it in our normal conversation because we talked about transportation. We're going to fuck Mary and kill the transportation that took Harry away from Pirate Drive in books two through four. Okay. So, fuck Mary Kill, the Fort Anglia, the night bus, and the blasted fireplace. And I know you're going to fuck that fucking Fort Anglia, so don't even try to, s- to pretend that you're not.
1: <laughs> I'm going to kill the night bus. hmm
0: fuck that Fort Anglia. I knew it! I
1: fucking knew it. I'm very the blue power. Why? I don't know. Keep me warm. Oh. And travel places? Uh,
0: yeah. The other things could also keep
1: The night bus could keep you warm. You can get a hot chocolate for like five sickles. I'll just keep it in my home. Or I'll just go from fireplace to fireplace to other people's homes and steal their hot chocolate. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's also a fun adventure.
0: Uh, now don't get upset. But I'm gonna kill the Fort Anglia. Okay. I'm gonna kill your lifelong lover. <laughs> I'm gonna kill the never long bottom version of transportation. Why are you
1: gonna kill the Fort Anglia?
0: Because it's unpredictable. There is some lack of control there. It's easier to let you get seen. That's why I'm gonna fuck it. You want people to see you fucking that thing flying to the sky? <laughs>
1: it's unpredictable.
0: Yeah, it's too <laughs> unpredictable. Unpredictable <laughs> in a bad way. So I'm gonna kill the Ford Anglia. I think I'm also going to marry flu powder. Originally, I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that flu powder because there is something really unknown about it. Like a bus and a car are like tangible things. I I get that. But I think I'm going to marry the flu powder because like you said, you can be in your own home. I mean, I already talked about how like I don't have one. one. So if I'm going to have to use the flu network from my house, I would have to go out in the backyard and get in the middle of my fire
1: pit also thought it'd be fun to you and you'd be like, Why is this fire green? Is he over there? Where, where'd he go? Wait, what are you talking about? Like, you, you With my neighbors? The... Yeah, your neighbors would be like, why is your fire all green?
0: These neighbors, I think, moved out. Okay, well your
1: neighbors on the other side. Did yeah, yeah they're flipping
0: water? the house. They're so my Both of my neighbors moved away. I moved in and they were like, bye. And then I was like, that can't be here. That's right. Oh, that's right. It's one of my phrases.
1: It is? It's fine.
0: Anyways, it's a lot more convenient, I think, despite it being unknown. You just have to, like, be able to, like, learn the ins and outs of it and making sure that you're not, like, saying diagonally instead of diagonally or whatever it might be. So... So that's why I think I'm going to marry the Food Network and then that leaves the night bus. And I think I'm going to fuck the night bus because it's something that you can easily summon. You just have to put out your wand. (laughs) They're trying the hardest to be fancy. They got that beautiful chandelier. You can get a toothbrush. You can get your hot chocolate. You can see the shrunken head, your other lover beyond the Fort Anglia. (laughs) And yeah, I think it proved itself in the last book as being somewhat reliable so I, I'm gonna come in a book all right also it's tires are really nice I do remember that nice. they can take care of those tires so you know that even though it's like zooming around the streets of London it ain't gonna get flat
1: also even though Ernie is a terrible driver we do like Ernie the driver of the yeah
0: most. sure sure yeah and Stan Shumpai, he's fine and Shan Shan that's right oh my god the good old days
1: good old days of book three yeah
0: Talk about the movie, yeah. So, uh, points. I am giving 20 to Arthur mostly for the goodbye moment, but also because he's so cordial. Like, he comes in, <laughs> he wrecks their house, he realizes it, he's trying to be reasonable, and he is just getting nothing but ceramic angel figurines thrown in his head, which
1: is stuff. very rude.
0: Yes, so plus 20 to Arthur. He's the only one that's getting points in this chapter. Everyone else is getting no points taken away. Okay. So negative 15 to Dudley. Redemption is not the right word. He's been better than in the past. He knew that, you know, this could not work out in his favor. And the moment that Fred drops candy on the floor, he can't hold back. You can't resist. Like if he had just like played it easy and kept his hands up his ass, he would have been fine. (laughs) So negative 15. Negative 10 from Batania and Vernon. Like, I almost feel like after our conversation, I t- should take away more, but whatever. Negative 10 from both of them. Simply because, like, they are all talking no substance, like mm-hmm. I said. It's so telling to me when they start talking shit about them being late, and then the moment they arrive, they, like, clam up, even though it was kind of, like, a terrifying incident. And then when that starts happening to to Dudley that's when they kind of like explode in a way but in the most unreasonable way possible so and then uh negative five from that flu powder ministry worker I feel like you probably should have been a little bit more I mean,
1: like you know Arthur maybe not this
0: yeah questioned it and been like okay maybe we need to take some precautions here do some research maybe see oh that fireplace is not able to be used so that is plus twenty to Arthur, negative five Flu Powder, Mooner Street Worker, negative ten Petunia Ten Vernon, and negative fifteen Dudley. Nice. And that nice. is the end of this chapter. Ooh. What's the next chapter called?
1: Chapter five. We, well, I Weasley, know it's chapter
0: five. It's called
1: chapter five. We're, oh yeah, Weezers Wizard Weezers. That's right. <sighs> See, I said it again. That's right. Friend George about to get their asses handed to them. Right? I guess chapter. so.
0: But hey, like we're also like starting to see a little bit more of what happens after they graduate from Hogwarts.
1: Yep, we like get that. this is Percy now that he's graduated from Hogwarts.
0: That's right.
1: And we get Said to meet. That's right. We get to meet Bill and Charlie. Okay.
0: This is when Bentley has decided to take a shit. <laughs> you can hear it really well because we're recording in the basement.
1: Oh, they're noisy cats. Bentley.
0: Your ass was not in that litter box. <laughs> you just was like, I'm a scratch.
1: His ass was not in the litter box. He literally was just making noise because he's a douchebag. So, yeah, that's it.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> I think that that's a signal. Um, <laughs> we're done here.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, join you next time. No, no you'll, you, you'll, join you'll join us, us next, next time. time. Guess what? We've had wine now. Yeah, Yay, we did wine, it. We did the wine. And we had Shake Shack.
0: Sponsor us.
1: Everyone have a good night. Everyone have a good night. And remember. See you next, time.
0: next time you take a shit, make sure your ass is in litter box. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery, edited by me, Adam Bowers.
1: And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice, and be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry
1: Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. Snitches at gmail.com.
0: But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty.
1: But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Mora! Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toes. But they don't matter because now your water got Bye. Bye.